football on Apple TV? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On YouTube your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, I wanted to thank you guys for our outstanding show last week. Um, Over 6,000 views on that one, highest viewed show on the channel. Um, There are a number of you who have subscribed as well. Really appreciate that. We're up to 950 now, so continue to thank you guys for your support. If you guys want to interact with us on the show, make sure you guys hit me up at JTWizzers on Twitter, or you can hit the show up at Locked On Utes, and I'll do my best to answer any comments you guys leave in the YouTube section as well. Speaking of social media, we're doing today's show Q&A focused, and we're going to lead off with some stuff on Apple TV, also touch on some Utah scheduling stuff and a few of the other Utah sports, because how about that Utah women's basketball team, co-Pac-12 champs, an outstanding season for Lynn Roberts and her squad. But like I said, first, we'll focus on the uncertainty of the Pac-12 and their media rights deal and how it affects Utah. And in order to help me do that, it's friend of the show and the former host of this podcast, Brian Brown. Brian, our first question comes from the person you used to co-host this show with. Jay Catch actually sent this one in, which Jay Catch will be on the show uh, later this week for just for you guys know for the future of the show. Um, is signing with App, this is from Jay Catch, is signing on with Apple and going all in on streaming the right move if the finances are where Utah and other Pac-12 schools want them to be? Simply put, I am going to say no. The reason for that is, and I think there's a lot of people who probably might say yes, to me, I think the thing that's really hurt the Pac-12 as a brand is just people tuning out, not watching, giving them attention. I think putting their games on a streaming service would only really hurt that. I think the more games on ESPN, the better. And look how realistic is ESPN even at this point. That's something that's not looking as good. So look, if Apple is their best option, I still think they should take it. But it also just speaks to the point we're in where these negotiations are looking so bad. I mean, we had the whole Ion report last week, which I'm not sure how much of a thing that is, but... Who knows? But to me, I just, if it's their best financial option by a lot, I think they have to take it. But I just feel like it really hurts the perception the Pac-12 already has where people really don't care about it. I really don't think, I think even less people would tune in and it would really be even more of an afterthought. And we would see even more of that West Coast bias where just people would not talk about the games even more if they were only available on streaming. I think it really begs the question that what is it that networks are looking for? And to me, the answer is built-in fan bases, right? Because you look at the SEC and the Big Ten, and those are four or five million views for whatever big game is coming from those conferences week in and week out. And I see, I, I think networks are looking for that kind of consistent viewership so they can not only project but also minimize the amount of money that they have to spend in production and everything like that. It seems to be that's the the cycle of the tv network i guess my question to you would be is there some other source of revenue that the pac-12 can tap into to avoid having to go to a streaming service that you can think of off the top of your head and and that's a tough one right because Mm -hmm. it's either ticket sales right or or media rights really that that drive that Mm -hmm. kind of thing or it's sponsorships so i think and I don't know if you've had any thoughts about this, but I don't know really where else conferences can go right now to make money. Um, there's not a lot of sponsorships out there that are diving to get in on the Pac-12. And, and some of that is just because 
the point of sponsorships is getting is exposure, right? Yeah. And so I think it's there's a lot of of that kind of thought process that goes through my mind. Um, you simplified this out, right? Like simple, simple answer, no. Um, I think that's the hard part about this is it's not a simple issue, right? It's yeah. not just go where the money is because we've seen that happen with a program like Nebraska mm. and it's cratered them. And, yeah. and I think Missouri's, you know, Colorado's another one that's really struggled and we'll see if they even get relevance. But mm-hmm. um, I think the unique part about this, and I'm curious what you think about it too, but um, it, it seems like the TV networks want these built-in fan bases. So I'll ask the question this way. If there's a primetime matchup in October that's on Apple Plus and it's Utah versus USC or whoever it is, how willing is ESPN going to be going to be in order to pay for that game uh, when they have nothing else on their slate that's of consequence, when they've got Maryland and UCLA for the Big Ten? Yeah, that's. I think you make a great point when it's like eventually we get to Maryland, UCLA. Like I just, yeah, that'll draw interest. But the in the past couple of years, I believe the Oregon Utah game on ESPN. I think it did well. I think it was four or five million somewhere in that. So I still believe there is an interest. And in, yeah, I still I love that you brought up ESPN. I just I know there's all these reports, Amazon, Apple, Ion, all these other things. I still feel like one way or another, ESPN is going to end up involved in this. I still think they see the value of these big games late at night because yes, it's not going to beat when Ohio state plays uh, Michigan state when they're decent on a random Saturday afternoon, just because of how big the following the big 10 is. We know how big football is in the Midwest versus on the West coast. It's still important to a lot of people as we know, and we appreciate all of you who prioritize it enough to listen to this show, but those tools do have more fans. They draw more interest and more revenue. So I really think that, but when you get to those games at late night, a lot of those people still want to go and watch football. And I think a great opportunity to do that is these Pac-12 games when you have these marquee matchups at night. Um, who doesn't want to see another round of Utah versus USC? I think there will be a, still a good national interest in that as much as people might be a little anti-Pac-12. Look, everyone loves their conferences, right? Everyone's always going to say, my conference is the best, this or that. But at the end of the day, if you love football, you love football. So I do think people will still tune into those matchups. So it does make it really interesting, this whole thing, because obviously you and I would pay for Apple to be able to watch our teams and most you listening would do the same thing too but there are a lot of people who you know they check out on the season when it ends and then they get back invested in the fall and maybe if they're teetering a little bit would they be like ah, i don't really feel like adding another streaming service because we, we all have a friend to talk about that too right i mean originally streaming was supposed to save us from cable right now it's become more expensive because there's so there each service is so much and there are so many of them so it would be really interesting to see but yeah, i gotta believe that espn is gonna end up involved in this at some point i just have a hard time believing that all of the prime and the best Pac-12 games are going to end up on Apple or Amazon just because it still feels like there's too much value there with the big brands, especially Washington and Oregon and what Utah is growing themselves into and what Colorado is going to become very soon as well, just in terms of national interest because of what Dion brings to let this go to streaming only. And I think that's the unique question because the comparison is always made between the Pac-12 and MLS. And again, the MLS has a built-in fan base. I think what they're losing with what they're doing with Apple is the casual watcher, the the golden middle, the the me's of the world, right? I'm not going to tune in to watch, you know, RSL or pay the the 90 bucks a year uh, for the MLS package because I just don't watch that much soccer. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like to follow it casually. But right now, I for everything I'm doing, I can watch XFL on, on ESPN. I can do this. I can do that. And so that's where I think a, a really fascinating discussion point comes up is, is how much is that that casual middle really worth to a conference to espn to all these networks 
And I think really what the numbers prove is if there's a good game on, people are going to tune in and watch. People want good games. That's what they want. Most people don't care about the, the alliance outside of their own school. And I think you made a really good point with the late night games. Like that's become a branding thing. And, and yeah. I don't think the Pac-12 necessarily wants to completely abandon the Pac-12 After Dark brand. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot to ask of fan bases. I know Utah fans are getting tired of it, but at the same time, like you hear other programs talk about playing in Utah at night and they're just like, bleep, I don't want to play there. You know? <laughs> exactly. And, and so I think there's all these kinds of things that when we have this discussion about which direction to go in and the other part of the problem is, is this is the ESPN mode of operations now is that they want to go through, do all the negotiations through media leaks and, and stories and, and things like that. And they don't really want to sit down and deal with back 12 directly because uh, they want the price to go down. And, and mm. so they're going to do everything they can to, to both sink the reputation of the conference, to sink the, the price down so that when they come back, they get the best bang for their buck. And, and ESPN's in trouble. Disney is in trouble. You talked about streaming. Much Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like ESPN has been the thing that has saved Disney over the years. And now it's getting to the point where they can't save it. And part of it is their own doing. You didn't have to go give $60 million per team to the SEC. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's so you crazy. You say it out loud. Yeah. It's stupid is what it is. And so I think we're going to get into a point with college football where it's, that's fine. You know, you can give that money to the SEC, but now you're going to start segregating everything in terms of mm-hmm. well, people are going to go to Apple or, or Amazon and just watch things over here. Right. And, and the fun part about it is that it is regional contests can lead to a national scape. And if we're not doing that, then what's the purpose? You know, like you're not going to have a NCAA tournament type affair where you have 64 teams playing, playing games against each other. And, and, now that you've got a 12 team playoff, does that change things a little bit? It does, you know, yep. and, and I think the real hard part about it's going to be, you know, no matter where the Pac-12 is playing, if they have good football, if they have good football teams, and I think right now they're as well positioned as they've been Agreed. in a long time, uh, you're going to have to put them in the playoff. And, and mm-hmm. now everybody's going to start complaining about how come I can't see Utah on ESPN. And now it's going to start coming back on ESPN because all they're going to want to show is SEC and Big Ten games. and People are going to want more than that. 100%. And I love that you just talked about too. Just there are some people who love college football because they can watch it just everywhere in one day. When Big Noon gets a good game and they're not just the Ohio State show or Michigan show, basically, it's fun to start your day with them. And then you kind of go on to the big afternoon game and wherever that may be. Then, then at night, you usually get the prime ESPN game. And next year, we got NBC coming in with their prime package too. Like it's fun to be able to go to the other networks and see all these games and just have it at one place like that. And it's going to, like you said, you're definitely going to lose some of the casual fans by forcing people to jump around all over the place. This is the whole media situation the Pac 12 is in right now is fascinating. It's a driving conversation in college athletics. And we're going to be talking about it all week long on Locked On Utes because it does have such a huge impact on this program. We're going to come back in a moment to talk about something relating to Utah's schedule. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. So if you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. 
Burger, for your New Year's resolution, what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built bars at built.com now you can get them at your local smith's or sam's club that's right head to your nearest smith's or sam's club today and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up your four box of cookies and cream coconut puffs salted caramel brownie batter puffs at your nearest smith's or if you're closest to a sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter and churro you can still go to built.com if you want to get them that way too so make sure you guys head over and capitalize on all those great offers from built also want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is opening a new branch in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times 4 UTV. Vineyard is one of the fastest growing cities in the state. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple drive-up lanes, 24-hour ATM, and UC's brand new interactive telemachines, or ITMs for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional, either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So celebrate the new Vineyard UCCU branch, enter to win a 2023 Kawasaki Terry times four UTV winners will be announced in April, just in time for summer fun. Stop by UC's new branch in Vineyard conveniently located next to the Megaplex theaters and top golf or at uccu.com. You don't even have to be a member of UCCU to enter and there is no purchase necessary. UCCU love where you bank. Brian, our next question gets submitted to us by Caden Christensen. Are you scared for, for next year in the schedule against the rest of the pac 12 for Utah football? I'm not scared. I don't think scared is the right word. Am I slightly concerned and do I feel out like we have a great schedule? No, I don't feel that way, especially when we're just zeroing in on the Pac-12 play, which actually I will mention this for non-conference. I mean, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised at all as unfortunate as is. I mean, Utah could come into some of those games. Look, you get the Weber game to rest up, but Utah could be a little banged up to start their season just because they have two very physical games early on. So is it a guarantee they're going to be 100 percent by the time the UCLA game and all those things roll around? No, we still don't even know with Cam Rising's health how they're going to be in that situation, which only adds to that concern I have overall. But when you're looking at the Pac-12 schedule, start off with UCLA at home. Then you go to Oregon State on a short week. That's a Friday. You get your bye really early in the Pac-12 season. You take on Cal at home. That won't be too challenging, we assume, for Utah. But then it gets really tough. At Arizona, or excuse me, at USC, then you get Oregon at home. Arizona State at home, too. You go to Washington, to Arizona, and then take on Colorado at home. That is a really tough schedule, and this is not the year – I would have been I would have been more than okay playing Washington State this year. I would have been more than okay playing Stanford this year. Like Utah got a really nice stretch in their schedule last year when you look at that Washington State, Stanford, and Arizona game. There is nothing even close to that this year around. So am I scared? No. Am I slightly concerned and think this schedule is a cakewalk? No, I don't think it's a cakewalk, and I am a little concerned. <clears throat> scared is a term that like doesn't really register to me when it comes comes to to schedules because you play the games you got to play right Mm -hmm. um uh, we always had the approach of respect all fear none when it comes to your program to to every opponent that you're playing i think it goes back to the comments that devon vele made where they don't want to be respected they want to be feared and so if you really want to be if you want to take that next step as a national powerhouse this is the kind of schedule that you want uh i think the part that gets nerve-wracking is how does this team deal with depth because i think that's always always the issue every single year the depth on this roster is better than it has ever been and you can say nil is the 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 culprit for that you can say that it's uh you know 
just the fact that this team really loves winning Pac-12 championships. Whatever it is, you've got Brant Keithy coming back with Cam Rising, Makai Bernard back in the fold. These are all three, four-year starters, three or four-year contributors coming back on offense. But I think the more important part about it is the guys that are coming back on defense. Utah returns almost every single player on defense next season, and that's really impactful. Uh, especially because you're bringing back a lot of depth. And so I don't think the schedule scares me that much, but it's going to require Utah to be a different kind of a program because they're going to have, they are going to have to play guys early and often and really build that depth uh, so that they're ready to go throughout the course of the season. And I think the big thing too is you've got to have a backup ready in case Cam, Cam Rising isn't ready to go. 1000%. And I love the point you make in this is the schedule you want, maybe with, I will say, maybe not the exact, the greatest year to play the uh, two tough non-conference games that you, and you taken on uh, Florida and then Baylor as well. But I mean, especially looking at the Pac-12 slate, like no one can look at this schedule with how much returning talent you have in the Pac-12 and go, oh, that's a cupcake schedule. So if Utah was able to do something special, let's say only get one loss in the season and then win the Pac-12 championship game, absolutely in the playoff with a schedule like this. So if you want to take the next step as a program and, you know, just in general, like we talk about scared in general, scared isn't really a word that goes in football, right? Like we, you learn very early on if you play football, if you are scared, you get hurt. There are times all the time where guys go in timid and they end up being the ones get hurt because there's different, yes, guys can be the hammer and the nail in certain relationships, but it's at least the nail is made of metal, right? Like there's sometimes where guys just don't want to hit at all. Then it gets even worse when you get a hammer fly, flying into them, basically. So it, it's so important. And the guys are not going to be scared when they see it. I think the guys are going to be excited knowing that there's all these big games on there. I mean, I think a guy like Brant Keithy is going to be really fired up to get back down to Texas for that opportunity. We know how all these Utah guys are going to be fired up for the Florida game after what happened last year. This, I think Cam Rising, whatever, whatever his health is, we expect him to at least be ready by the time the USC game rolls around. I can't imagine he's not going to be fired up to get another opportunity at USC. There's a lot of hype around Washington right now. The team will get fired up for that one too. So I think you make a great point. I understand why fans would be nervous about these games and even scared a little bit too. The players and the coaches are not, and they are really excited for the spotlight and the challenge because if you want to be the best, the spotlights, you got to rise up in those moments. And I think Utah is a great opportunity to do that this coming season. They are, and and I think the other part of it too is just, you know, we focused in a lot on the word scared, and I'm not sure that that's entirely what Corey wanted to to convey. And and, and Kate, I'll, yeah, I got you, yeah, Kate and Christian. Right. Okay, so uh, I I don't want to nitpick on that part of it, but I think the hard the, the the thought process that I go through is okay. So what is it that we're concerned about? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it that we're not going to make the college football playoff with that schedule? Is it that we can't win the Pac-12 championship with that schedule? Is it that Utah loses a game with that schedule? So there's a lot of those kind of factors that as I'm extrapolating a little bit in my head and listening to you talk about it, um, because I think you're right, but Cam Rising wants to get back and he wants to play. Uh, You know, he, he gave it, he, I don't know if you listened to the interview that he did with Bill Riley. He said, Mm -hmm. it's up to him to get back on time and he, he and his body. And and there's a lot of factors that go into ACL surgeries. Does the graft hold? How well does it connect? How well does he go through his rehab and everything like that. Yeah, he spent a ton of time in California making sure that he really got the fa- the fundamentals down. And again, this is another evolution with modern college football. That's that's really a good thing. And and we talk about the NIL and transfer portal so negatively, but this is one of the positives is that he gets to go work out with train with the best in the country in terms of 
ACL rehabs and incidents like talking to Aaron Rodgers about how his rehab went, that's a beneficial thing, right? And, and you just don't get the same kind of crossroads in Salt Lake city that you do in a place like LA when you're going through that rehab stuff. All that is to say, like, I think their goal is to make the college football playoff. Does this schedule help or hurt them? I think it helps them as long as they handle their business. And so that really comes back to my same point about this is where you want to be because you're going to have the best out of conference schedule. You're going to have the best, or sorry, best non-conference schedule. Mm -hmm. Your conference schedule is going to be elite. If you handle your business and take care of things the way that Utah has been known to do the past few years with another top 25 recruiting class in, you should be confident. Oh yeah. 1000%. And I think Brian, you raised the most important question. If Cam Rising goes on a darkness retreat, will it increase his recovery time? I, I feel like you and I need to go on a darker retreat ourselves. I can't do the four days. I could not do four days in there with like barely any light. Like I just, if you listen to the full interview about the darkness retreat that Rogers went on, like I know there were people making jokes about it. I listened to the full thing about it. It is wild what he ended up doing. Yeah, he is, he is on a different level in terms of exploring parts of his mind that I don't, I would have a hard time leaving any anywhere that doesn't have cookies so oh, yeah exactly you and yeah, me both i do i do love if the darkness up. was retreat if, if the darkness retreat was you know in the basement of the whister sale household yeah. i'd be okay because <laughs> afterwards you know your mom would have cookies ready to go and i don't think people understand just how good your mom's cookies are <laughs> well i appreciate that and i will say i do like that you brought up aaron Rodgers though reach talking with him because that is so important obviously because as much as we poke fun at aaron Rodgers, i mean what a career he's been able to have the success and everything and the way he's been able to come back and navigate injuries i mean one two mvps post an acl injury so it's going to be really interesting to see what cam looks like after his we're going to come back in a moment and talk about the utah women's basketball team and the success they've had recently as well as answer a couple more of the questions you guys submitted in thank you guys once again for sending those in but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at RC Willie. RC Willie is hiring delivery drivers in the Salt Lake area. If you're looking for a rewarding career with a great group of people, come work for RC Willie, Utah's largest home furnishing store. RC Willie is currently hiring delivery drivers at their largest warehouse by the Salt Lake Airport. Delivery drivers are the face of RC Willie, and they're looking for great delivery drivers in the northern Utah area. Compensation for delivery drivers is $24 an hour during training, and our average delivery driver makes fifty to 80000 per year. RC Willie offers a $1,000 sign-on bonus and hands-on training, including CDL training, but no CDL is required right away. Many of their employees have been with the company for over 20 years. RC Willie has a moderate fleet of delivery trucks. RC Willie pride themselves on going the extra mile for their customers and employees. Come and make a difference and join America's home furnishing store of choice. Apply online at rcwillie.com slash jobs. That's rcwillie.com slash jobs. All right, Brian. Looking at a couple of our final questions here. Corey Cheech, longtime listener. We appreciate your support, Corey. Can the women's team actually win the tourney? And then is the final four realistic? So let's start with can the women's team actually win the tourney? Well, we obviously know the Pac-12 tournament. They just knocked off Stanford. So co-champs, basically, they're setting themselves up in great success for the Pac-12 tournament. But that's what makes this Utah women's basketball season so exciting is we're not looking for if they don't win the Pac-12 tournament, it's okay. Which, if you would have told me that two years ago, when this team won five games, <laughs> I would have said you were crazy. And that's what makes this so exciting that the women's team is enjoying the success. And what an outstanding weekend it was up at the Huntsman, watching the women's team knock off the Stanford Cardinal, the third-ranked team in women's basketball at home. It was an 84-78. Shout-out to all of you guys who showed up for that game. It was an awesome atmosphere up at the Huntsman. It was great to see it all play out that way. But, um, yeah, as for can this women's team actually win the tournament, 
Well, here's the thing. They might get a chance at a one seed. So I'm going to say, never say never. Is there a chance they can win the tournament? I'll go yes, because I think there will be a one or a two seed. I think they'll be in the position where they're going to have a chance. Now, I'll say this. South Carolina's women's team, I saw a thing on their 2018, like 2019 recruiting class, special. Like there's, we know what Stanford is too. We were able to beat them once. They beat them once. That could be a dogfight. There are a lot of special women's basketball programs out there right now still. So I'm not going to act like I feel amazing about their chances, but do they have a chance? Yes. And is the final four realistic? Absolutely. I mean, if you're a one seed, that's where the path is literally sculpted out for you, where you should be better than everyone we run into. So is the final four realistic? Absolutely. And once again, I genuinely think there is a chance that this team could at the end of the season be national champions. How good of a chance that is, I think it's going to be really hard just they've had a lot of success, and look, what they did against Stanford this weekend was sensational. I think it's going to be really hard to run the table and do that in your first year when you're playing at this level. Last year, very good program, right? They won two games in the tournament overall, um, or excuse me, maybe just won a game. I'm getting all my numbers all crossed right now, but either way, had a lot of success last year, but this year proved you're a top 10 team in the country. That's just a huge jump. I want to, I want to see how this team does in that kind of tournament stretch of games, but once again, I think the Final Four is absolutely realistic, and I will say the team has a chance to win the whole thing, Brian. I, I would agree with you. I think there's always a chance. I think mm-hmm. this team is uh, – it, it, it's well known what this team does well, and that's put the ball in the hoop. And and for Utah fans, that's been a struggle in, in, in years, and, and there's been a lot of conversation about that. Uh, I think this team has a lot of positives setting up for them, right? You've got a – uh, deep threat and Yana Nikens, who does a great job with that. Uh, she, she's a dead eye shooter, as as good as they come. You've got a an, an elite scorer, and Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Peely, who does a lot of different things well. You know, she can shoot from the outside. She can go in the low post. Mm-hmm. She's got a variety of moves, so she can get you buckets when you need buckets, and that's that's really important. I, I think you've got a, a multitude. Of, of options out there. You know, Kennedy McQueen's one that's really come on strong and, and proven that her range is, is a real weapon for this team. And mm-hmm. so I think those women's basketball is different from men's, right? And so when mm-hmm. we talk in terms of the tourney, it's, you, we always talk about how good are your guards? How well do you defend? I think this team has an advantage in how well it shoots from the outside. Yes. Scoring differential has been a big part of their game. Free throw percentage has been a big part of their game. So they have, they have the ability to get, get the ball in the hoop uh, for lack of a better, uh, lack of a better term. But yeah. I think the unique part about it is it's just uh, tournaments are always about who gets hot when, and this team's taking a lot of confidence into the Pac-12 tournament. So I think they have to be a possibility. Now that being said, Stanford is Stanford and, and they're a women's powerhouse for a reason. You have to think that they're going to come in with a, a sharper focus and, and really wanting to handle, uh, handle business in the conference tournament. And then when you look at the opportunities to go to the final four, it's, it's all going to be about draw. And, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that a lot of good schools are still back out on the East coast in terms of, of where the powerhouse programs are located. So if Utah is able to avoid some of those powerhouse programs and allow them to kind of, uh, cannibalize themselves i think there is a path to the final four through there so it's anything is possible uh i'm not good at these kinds of projections and and i'm definitely not good at at being declarative in terms of like yep they're going Mm -hmm. mark an eight dude um because that's just not who i am i want to talk about it 
And so I think there's a lot of unique discussion points with mm-hmm. this team in terms of how they match up with others, what the, what their skill sets are that are impressive. But I think the biggest thing is just Lynn Roberts is is such a weapon too for this team and and her coaching ability and her experience and everything like that. The program that she's built just super impressive. So I think there's a lot of signs that that, that make you think that this team has potential to do that. One thousand percent. And uh, Brian, I want you to guess what is uh, South Carolina's record this season? Uh, I couldn't tell you but i would guess that they haven't lost a game yet you are correct they're 27 and 0 and i mentioned that 2019 signing class they're 122 and 8 combined three sec loss overall one home loss they're 42 and 6 versus ranked teams now i also say that to say hey that's a really good team but you know this is a lot of fun whenever you read those resumes i think of the patriots right back when they had lost that one year the giants came in out of nowhere and knocked them out so that's the seems like that or why I don't don't go like, oh, yeah, Utah's going to be like a favorite to win it all. Or I think they have this like they should be one of the, the teams picked to win it all. But why I say they have a chance? Because time and time again, we've seen those kind of teams, those teams that seem unbeatable fall. And I think this team's got a chance, especially if it's their day from the outside with Alyssa Peely's ability. You mentioned Neepkins. What Deja Young brings off the bench. Sammy Moore was on here a few weeks ago talking about how special she is. Is the energizer bunny off the bench that really gets everyone going. Jenna Johnson, too, is another score for this Utah team. It's a loaded roster. They're exceptionally well coached. And I, for one, am not going to get a bet against them. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. And it'll be fun to watch their progress in the Pac-12 tournament coming up this week. Our last question, and it wasn't really a... uh, a question I'll necessarily say, but it was uh, just a thought. It's uh, uh, when, when doid go Utes 1138. I apologize if I mispronounced that at all, but um, just brought up that uh, would liking me to interview different players, Miley O'Keefe, um, Abby Brenner, Jaden Rucker, Crystal Issa, all part of the exceptional Utah women's gymnastics teams. That's having an outstanding season. Once again, we know how good this gymnastics program is. They've been outstanding as for athlete interviews. It's t- tough in season. There's a lot going on there with the SIDs and everything. But I think when we get to the off season, if you guys would like to see athletes interviewed, continue to message me, continue to hit me up about that. And that is something I will try to make happen and try to reach out to people and see if we can get certain people connected with this program to do, because it's always fun talking with the players and the athletes, right, Brian? It is. And and I think it's one of the unique parts about this job, but I'm going to be honest with you, JT, you're going to have a hard time topping what the Utah gymnastics team is putting out on TikTok and Instagram with that is uh, true. They are. Yeah. Well, their social media team, whoever is putting those interviews together, they're fun. They're enjoyable. They're very charismatic. The other thing too, is like, if you want somebody to interview, tell your friends to subscribe to lockdown Ute so we can build that war chest and go NIL crazy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Guys helping us reach a thousand would really help to do that. And Brian, you mentioned the women's gymnastics team success on, TikTok. I mean, they got to be the top TikTok account until you and I team up to create something special with some of those dances, right? Buddy, you just stay tuned for this summer. Yeah. <laughs> as, soon as, I, uh, as soon as I get this cast off my foot, we're going to have some crazy TikTok. And- Go all renegade or whatever else the trend may be at the moment. <laughs> we got to come up with another like offensive line trend like last year. That was so great. We're def- we'll definitely figure something else. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm so glad you brought up football too, because if people want more football and who doesn't, if we all love football, right? Brian, where should everyone head to check out? Uh, football breakdowns podcast, dropping at least two to three episodes every week. Uh, you can also hit up the app, the website. I will start writing more often now. Uh, Eric Jensen has been killing it on there. Talking a lot of NFL stuff, but we're going to start rolling out some of the, the local high school stuff. And obviously I'm always going to be writing about XFL and college football there as well. So you to read yeah spring ball right around the corner you mentioned xfl heating up any good any good utah moments from the weekend 
It was fun to see Peter T. Uh, Talmai Penu. I, I got to be careful because oh, yeah. there's two Peter T's. Uh, Peter Talmai Penu and Francis Bernard play against each other. The DC defenders are now 2 0. That DC defense led by Francis Bernard is doing some dominant things. It's going to be fun to see how they uh, how they measure up when they have to play against the Houston Roughnecks. When I get my uh, when we get this to the position, whether it's NIL or whatever, it could be to get more sponsored. I want to sponsor the um, the XFL updates from you. That will be one of the first things I uh, I look to get shipped. <laughs> and who who on lockdown news doesn't want more XFL updates? Exactly. Yes, yeah, so stay. You come for Utah talk. Stay for come for expansion. Stay for XFL. And we appreciate all of you who stayed to the very end. Make sure you guys follow Brian Brown on Twitter. Brian, always great having you on. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. You guys are in the market for a second listen every day. We recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. We're hosts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to Brian once again for joining us. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. But we're talking more media rights talk for Utah tomorrow. So make sure you guys join us then.